Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri. I'm in my car and you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. I'm on a Skype call with my friend Luke Lore, the insipid ghost, and I've got to inch up a couple of spots here because the, the dude in the truck next to me is giving me some weird looks because I got a microphone attached to my head because this is the Xbox Drive with Luke Lore. Luke. Uh, I'm going to go to the library before I go home, so turn that dial in to the Xbox drop. Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Luke Lore, the insipid ghost. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm so good. I'm so good. The gaming industry was nice enough to not uh, blow us away with a ton of news mm-hmm. uh, leading up to recording. We've only got to talk about you know Nintendo Direct versus Inside Xbox ID Game Pass State of Play, but not PlayStation. And we only got a few things to talk about today. Mm-hmm. This is a great week to just calm ourselves into some games here. You're absolutely right. Very good week in the gaming industry. Only only 350 people got laid off this this week. So pretty you had good. To do that? You feel <laughs> like you had to bring that right? up. You feel like that was the way to start the show. Yeah, sorry guys. You confident about that? Thoughts and prayers. Sekiro, Firestorm, Resident Evil 2, lots of games we've played this week. Sean, where would you like to begin on this gaming venture? Did you did you play Sekiro? How do I say it? Did did I say that wrong? I think I offended I, I, somebody. I don't appropriately know how to pronounce that name. I have my own Sekiro. Sekiro. That's not right. Yeah. Sekiro. I just I think yell that's it exactly whatever right. I do. And uh, sometimes I'll just throw different different consonants to have emphasis whenever mm-hmm. I say it. Uh, but I played a lot of Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, <gasps> and I have died more than twice, and I'm the first person to make that joke. Oh, I think that's the first time I've heard it. And I didn't even yeah. know you were playing this. This is a genuine surprise for me today. That's I'm, I'm curious, man. How, how, how is it? Um, so I should say I am not one for the, the Soulsborne-style games, and this is... Uniquely not Soulsborne, not like Dark Souls or Bloodborne, but it, it very much is uh, in that it like pushes a parry system uh, versus, say, a dodge and roll type thing. Uh, the game is brutally hard, which yeah. shouldn't surprise anyone, but it somehow surprises me because I can jump and I can move about the world with a grappling hook type of device. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it's faster, so but it's cool. somehow slower. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, and it is a masterwork of design. Uh, in its own genre, mm-hmm. but that genre is not accessible, and this game does you no favors in being uh, accessible. It is brutally difficult. Doesn't teach you a whole lot by way of tutorials. It's it's a you know jump you in the deep end or throw you in the deep end, uh, jump into it, and you got to swim or you die. Yeah, and you've got that that the good old Italian concrete boots. Because you're just sinking when they throw you in the, the deep. Hey, Luke, um, so Bloodborne, everybody knows this is an Xbox show, but we've played it. Or at least I've played it. Have you played sure. Bloodborne? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. so Good I love game. the setting. I love the setting. I actually, that's one of the reasons I prefer Bloodborne to Dark Souls. I think the setting, like that goth is like so awesome. The monsters are so creepy. I think everything about it is unsettling. Tell me about the setting of um, this ninja story here. Uh, very much in the vein of of Tenchu. I mean, it's it's you know, it looks like feudal Japan. You're you're moving around. You have a katana that that takes various upgrades, and there's more story beats that go with it. I've mm-hmm. not gone far in the story. Um, I've played a lot, but I've not advanced a lot. Yeah, um, but you're you're <laughs> you're moving around this this gorgeous kind of mountainous terrain, various fields with lots of flowers and particle effects, uh, gorgeous lighting. 
in feudal Japan uh, and wonderful character models, but she'll be sneaking up behind and assassinating, you know, like your standard type guards, mm -hmm. kind of kind of Metal Gear-esque in some ways, Gear. but, but lots of blood. Yeah, Metal Gear. Uh, but then you get to these bosses and mini bosses or slightly more than average Joes in the old feudal Japan, uh, and they have their own systematic set of attacks, and mm -hmm. you have to dodge you have to parry away different attacks and they might attack you six seven eight nine times with a certain combination of attacks and then you get half a second to strike back with one hit and you whittle them down so so battles can go on very long if you don't know what to do and if you do they can be over in as much as or as little as you know a minute and i'm sure there's better players out there but i've played it a lot i'm impressed by it it may not be a game that i can finish or or yeah. want to keep banging my head against the wall but if you're a fan of that genre, it's 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 there amongst the elite. Whereas I'm more of the I'll t I'll play Lord of the Fall Lords of the Fallen, which is like the easy version of all those games, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, man. Like I think for me, like I don't. There's some people who look for like that brutally hard game that that dodge, dip, dive, duck, dive, and dodge a, a wrench and katana games. Um, uh -huh. And pe some people just love it just because it's difficult. Uh, for me, like, that's that's not me, but I do, like I said, I do love that Bloodborne. And it was all about um, discovering an enemy that at first struck fear into, like, my very heart. And then later <laughs> I learned how to conquer that enemy. And, like, that reward was so great. But it wasn't just the reward because you get that elsewhere. For me, it was it was the enemies. And I think that's the reason, that, that's what I'm really curious about on this. That's sort of why I was asking about the setting a little bit. Like, it seems like I don't know how much creativity you can really have and how much different the enemies that you come across and encounter can be. Like, do you ever, like, you kind of get used to this one set of guards or ninjas or something, and then you, you see a new guy and you're like, oh, son of a gun, look at the size of his sword. That's what she said. Mm -hmm. uh, is, that, is that an encounter? Is that sort of like how things get amped up in this game? It's too early for me to tell you as far as like level progression, but mm. it very much is like when I die, I can I know the exact pattern of basic enemies to get to where I died. Yeah, from like my my spawn point, and I know how to beat them very quickly. Um, but what I have noticed is that it's not a matter of if they have a sword or a special weapon; it's if they have a name. If they've got a, a special name, I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> general something or another, and yeah. I'm gonna die. Mm -hmm. You know, they got a. It, but it's it's a masterclass in its genre. You know what though? I do love that this is a another game of this type on Xbox because all I can I'm really filtering at this stage because all I want to do is compare it to uh, Bloodborne and Neo games that are mm. uh, previously only available on PlayStation. I think did Neo come to Xbox or was that just a rumor that I heard at one point? Do you remember? Do you know what I'm saying? I, the Neo game? I do. N I O H. I don't think that I don't think it did come to, to Xbox. Maybe it was a but PC. I'm, I'm so detached from that genre yeah. that I couldn't tell you for sure. Maybe it was PC. Oh. Anyways. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I remain I remain very intrigued. I'm glad you got your hands on all. I hope that you stick with it. We can maybe talk about it next week. Mm -hmm. Hopefully nice. so. I've got I've also been playing. Uh, I played. I dipped a little bit into Battlefield Firestorm, that new battle royale from from Battlefield Five that is within the Battlefield oh. Five umbrella. Yeah, it is. It is strange to be coming <laughs> off of multiple battle royales. Uh huh. From, of of different caliber. Uh, and then to go into this, where the gameplay is, is solid, that gunplay is good. Battlefield Five has, has got, certainly had a troubled 
uh, from launch up to now, it's it's certainly not been hit mainstream the, the way they would have wanted. Yeah, man. But they've got some. They're onto something with Firestorm. There is something terrifying about seeing a wall of fire move to you. Uh, the heat effects look really good. The graphics are, of course, gorgeous. Hang on, is that is, is that the circle? Is that what? Because I am completely unfamiliar. All I know is that it came out. Is that what is keeping you like within the playable area? Is a wall of fire? Yes. Yeah. It's a hence it, the name for like you know. Yeah, hence the name. Forgive the the emphasis there, but yeah, it's a storm of fire that is uh, circling you and coming towards you. Uh, and there's different objectives. There's certain team esque elements uh, that come with with battlefield. So it's an acutely battlefield experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, destructible environments, um, but in the bit that I played prior to recording and post its launch. Um, the loot system needs some work, but they clearly are, are responding to player feedback quickly on on uh, Twitter and whatnot. And so I think they've got something there. It's a shame that this isn't free to play and available for more people. Right. Uh, because I feel like there's a lot of hard work that went into this mode and it, it might fall on um, deaf, deaf ears and blind eyes. And why? Like this is now three games or three, at least a mode of a third game. In the EA arsenal, it's just like, man, Anthem comes out and it gets its launch sort of squashed by its, I guess, its own launch in a way. But Anthem was, uh, I'm sorry, Apex was right before that. Then Anthem comes and now this. Like, why? Like, you know, you played soccer, right? Right, Luke? When you're like, when played, you're like five I've years old, football. when you're like, when you're learning to play soccer and everybody bunches mm-hmm. up, everybody's like, oh, they're on the same area. My coach used to tell us, like, I could throw a baby blanket over you, meaning that, like, it's, you're so close that a tiny blanket could cover all you guys. Like, spread it out, is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Spread it out. No. What the heck? There's no, like, trying to get it as close to Battlefield's launch, maybe might have been the original intent, but, like, you gotta, I feel like you just have to be a little bit more agile than this if you're EA. I would think so too. It, it I understand that fiscal uh, fiscal years play a factor in, in projections and whatnot. But as far as gamers were concerned, I think this would have been a perfect free to play summer launch right around or right before E three. Get people talking about something. Yeah. At some uh, point though, like EA's got to figure out that what is best for their fiscal is actually what's best for gamers. Like there's companies who figure that out that it tra- like being, doing what's good for the gamers translates into money. Like it's not that hard. I agree. Well, we've been singing, we've been down on EA of late, but singing the praises of Capcom, and you just wrapped up Resident Evil 2. Oh, my God. How'd they do? How was it? You wrapped up, I think, the Leon campaign is what I saw? That's right. So last night, I have, I actually have to go to the library right now to take it back, um, because I was down to the wire. And a magical thing happened, and it actually had happened in smaller versions or smaller iterations as I went through the campaign, and that's what kind of makes it special. And that is that the game kind of does a little bit of what you're describing with Sekiro um, in that it's it, it can be very difficult the way that you have to manage your inventory and your health and everything like that. You can, but I do think think that it's a little easier to push through. The game will make you think and feel, it will make you doubt yourself that you don't have what it takes, you don't have the items, you don't have whatever you think you might need to push through, but there is always a way to push through as I learned. I thought at one point that I, that I wasn't going to be able to get past a uh, the Mr. X, some of the Mr. X parts. And I put the game down actually for a little bit. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not beating that game. And then the, <laughs> the urgency of my due date, taking it back to the library, kicked in. I'm like, oh, son of a gun. I better at least give this the old college try. And maybe it was just coming at it from a new angle. I was able to push through that part. I was stuck on very easily. And I started to head, head towards the ending. 
And crap, man, this game is so good. It just continued on. This, it, it presented a new challenge, a new puzzle, a new enemy, and it limited my resources and my ability to, or at least me, my thinking in my ability to, to push forward. And I just, I just had to do it. Like I just, my, my goal last night was to finish it. And I, uh, I ended up fighting one of the last bosses with no health. I was at mm. danger. I was redlining essentially, and I couldn't couldn't heal myself. I had to learn every movement, emotion, and attack opportunity on this boss. Essentially, like Sekiro, um, <laughs> played a lot like a Bloodborne type of game and, and a Dark Souls type of experience. I beat him without him touching me, which is a reward in and of itself, which was incredible. I did it on stream. People were cheering me along, and mm-hmm. um, then I learned right after that that there was a full. Uh, health kit hiding in the corner. As I after I killed them, I was able to explore that that area. <laughs> and there's a first aid spray, uh, so I yelled at Bad Bit and Joe after work and everybody else because they all knew it and they just watched me struggle for an hour trying to beat this thing. Anyway, Luke, this game demands to be replayed. I'm taking it back today, but I will be buying this. Uh, I can't. I don't know if I can justify paying full price now that I've played through the first like kind of first campaign, my first playthrough. I will be mm-hmm. picking this up at the moment it goes on sale. This game is so special. It's so great. I was saying that it combines like timeless puzzle mechanics. It has great modern sort of almost like cover shooter, like over the shoulder type of uh, controls, and just mm-hmm. great horror elements. And that challenge is is unmatched. So really special. I beat it in about ten hours. I got a C on it. And somebody just about rear-ended me. Holy cow, that guy's going fast. Highly recommend it, Luke. You got to pick this up, man. Why you got to do that to me? You know I don't like it. You I know. know, I, don't I, know like you're hu- I know you're wavering. Mm-hmm. 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 I know you're wavering. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. What were you wavering I'm, between? I'm, it was this. It was uh, Resident Evil and something else. Was it Sekiro? Metro. 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 Uh, that's Exodus. it. Yeah, I have a vested interest in both games. And I know at some point I will get both games. And I'm about three, three, four weeks away from my spring break. Uh, and I'm in sore need of a mental and uh, just physical break from work, I guess yeah. you'd say. So I can yep. just kind of focus on me and recouping. Yeah, man. Because uh, I'm going a mile a minute on all, on all cylinders or all the cylinders that I operate on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just, so I'm just I'm looking for a kind of a consolidated experience because I've been playing anthem and apex and division two and all these endless uh, games you know right exactly exactly and so having something start to finish would be nice i mean uh right now i'm playing the new power rangers battle for the grid fighting game <laughs> uh which, which don't don't laugh at me there's some nostalgic that. fun about okay yeah dude did you not like mighty Morphin power rangers of course i did everybody did yeah everybody when did. i was like and, 12 and it's yeah it's weird because this game is it's not a mobile game but it's is but it's not and yeah. it, there's this, this weird middle ground and you only get nine fighters with the launch of the game but but it's a 3v3 game so you see a lot of the same people but the gameplay is really fun Sweet. but it's definitely not a fighting game like like anybody that like breaks down pixel meters and stuff is not going to be into this but like people that button mash like me will have a good time i don't know um do you get I'll to play as jason do you get to be the white ranger or the Green uh, Ranger, or whatever you like. Remember Jason? Jason he had the long hair. Jason was Wait, what's his name? The Jason Red Ranger. Tommy is who you're Tommy, talking about. Tommy, Tommy. No, you're right. I was thinking Tommy. Jason could yep. bench press like a son of a gun. Do you remember that? Yeah, that competition, the bench I pressing do. competition. Can I just say, to, you guys should all go look up <laughs> the story of that guy's life. Austin St. John was his name. Yep. Go look up his life story because it is fascinating and wild, and they got drama on and off set. They did drop his name. Oh, man, that's a, that's a fun little uh, 
Oh, dude, I went down a rabbit hole one night. You know, you're going down the like Wikipedia it. rabbit hole, rabbit hole, where you're yeah. just like, oh my, oh, my. this guy did what now? Oh wow. Um, but oh, yeah, back God, to the, the bigger point. I do need a start to finish game. Yeah. I do need one where I start it and I finish it. And so Resident Metro Evil, Exodus, man, you can do it in, in nine, ten hours. You could do it. But I'm going to be playing Metro next. That's what I, I picked it up from the library. I'm taking Resident Evil Two back, so it's going to be good, wait, man. Wait. Did you already pick it up in the library? I, I picked up Metro, I, so I, I was going to play it yesterday on stream, but then I'm like, I can I can finish Resident Evil, so I did that. So, uh, How many times do you go to the library in a week? Well, this week I've got to go multiple times. I don't prefer to go multiple times because it's kind of out of the way, you know what I mean? But I had to. This is the, this is the level of dedication. Get, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Capri, everyone. Yeah, clap, 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 yeah clap, the clap. level of dedication where I don't pay for games. I just pick it up from the library, and I get inconvenienced by it. That's true. Hi, That's true. Hi Luke. More on Power Rangers next week, everyone. <laughs> oh, man, stay tuned. Games with gold. They were announced for April. Sean Capri, I'm, I'm ready for you to to say, uh-huh. Bum, bum, yep. bum, bum. Well. In April, you'll get the Technomancer for Xbox One. Been waiting for this game I've never heard of. It's been on sale every other week, um, cool. but it's supposed to be like a technological Souls-born-like game. So, you know, if, Se- if Sekiro's not your jam... I, I don't know. You know what? Uh, this, this goes to this goes to the poll question. I think that you posted earlier. I've never played it. I've actually never even heard of it. So I reserve judgment. That would be more mature of me. It looks like a double A game, and you know I genuinely do like double A games. So you know, uh, the Outcast, not to be confused with Outlast, is mm-hmm. Outcast. Uh, it looks like a survival like game. I need to look. No, that's with the K. This is spelled properly. Of course. And there, Outcast <laughs> is not a group anymore. Sad Panda. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront 2, OG Xbox, is making an appearance. Uh, we haven't gotten a Star Wars game on Games of Gold in a while, so like we wanted to get that in there. And then uh, Graw 2, uh, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter 2. That is a great game, or at least it was in it its was. time. Uh, those are those are all going to be hitting your Games with Gold in April. And I got like, all right, good list. Yep. Sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. Sure. Yeah, I, I like the Xbox 360 and OG Xbox uh, ventures there. I have a note in here, in our notes here, that says that any listener of the Xbox Drive should probably go check out Mixer.com slash Xbox Canada. Oh, that's weird. W- huh. Maybe like next week sometime? I was thinking they should check it out next week, maybe like next Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah. April 3rd? That April 3rd? Good. What are we doing, Sean? very excited i'm skipping work i'm going home early skipping dinner you guessed it everybody we luke and i are back at mixer.com slash xbox canada our good friends at xbox canada have invited us to stream once again which um i thought it was a mistake for them to have us to begin with but now they're making that mistake again so i guess it's not on us anymore luke it's really it's on them it's their fault we're just there to have fun we are. I'm so excited. We'll be playing the Division Two. We'll yes. have uh, open roster spots so people can jump in and join us and play uh, in our group. And we'll just be playing some Division Two, going around, uh, dispensing justice into the hectic world of Washington D.C. and uh, having a blast, man. Wednesday, April third, seven to nine p.m. Eastern. Uh, we would love for you guys to go venture on over to Mixer.com/slash Xbox Canada and really just 
show us some support and let them know they made a good choice in having us on again. Big time. And support that Mixer channel because they support us, man. It's all one big happy family. I, All joking aside, I am truly grateful for these opportunities, man. It's like, what is this life? You know what I mean? Like, we don't, we're just a bunch of, bunch of idiots. Well, I'm an idiot. You're the smart one. Uh, so very grateful to Xbox Canada. And I'm stoked about it, man. It's going to be awesome. Me too, buddy. Me too. Well, Sean, I want to go ahead and bring us down real quick. Stop those Aww. happy vibes because I got beef with ID at Xbox, oh, sort of kind. Are you ready? <laughs> Ball, I was not Ooh. expecting this. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready All to right, fight. Man. Get to a push up on. last week. I've been getting ready for this one. All right. So, ID at Xbox uh, had an event or sort of like they did like a Nintendo Direct style presentation called ID at Xbox Game Pass. It's a yep. new show. Uh, dedicated to spotlighting indie titles, which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, it's pre-recorded, not like an inside Xbox where it's live uh, and, and they're going on a script. Uh, ID at Xbox Game Pass is the title, and they introduced a number of titles that are going to be coming day and date for us. And I'm going to list those titles before I drop drop my, my hammer on this one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> some neat-looking indie titles are coming to Game Game Pass day and date. Like, when they launch on other systems, they'll be launching exclusively into Game Pass. That's so good. Sorry, not exclusively. They'll be launching into Game Pass day and date. It's really day one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killer Queen Black, which is apparently all the rage. I've heard about this game on uh, multiple different channels, as big as IGN and Kind of Funny, down to our smaller friends uh, on smaller podcasts. Killer Queen Black, Outer Wilds, Void Bastards, Operencia, The Good Life, Supermarket Shriek, After Party, and Blazing Chrome. Shout out, Blazing Chrome looks dope. I really am excited for that one. It's like a Metal Slug-esque running gun arcade mm-hmm. game. That's Great. what they close it with, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so this this was an awesome show to spotlight indie titles. I loved that. Yep. But Sean Capri. Oh, God. I friggin' hate this name. <gasps> oh, God. I think it's ridiculous. It's confusing. It has yeah. terrible SEO, which yeah. starts engine optimization. It's ID at Xbox, which is a strange name. But with the, but, with the ad symbol, know, don't forget. With the ad symbol, but it's called ID at Xbox Game Pass. Yep. And that is really hard to search for. I went to the various social channels for Xbox and ID mm-hmm. at Xbox. It, it didn't pop up first. Uh, didn't pop up first in YouTube. Didn't pop up first in on Twitter. Uh, it never kind of hit trending. It was it was because it's got that at symbol in there. Um, it is confusing because you've got Game Pass, yeah. You've got ID at Xbox, yeah. And then you got a show that's going to spotlight games that are indie but coming to Game Pass. But we also have other games that come to Game Pass and older games that are could have been indie at a time coming again. It's very confusing. Mm-hmm. It's I, I find that to be a, a terrible. Uh, bit of messaging and that goes into our cruise control topic but before i continue i must let you speak what'd you think (laughs) dude i just you don't you don't really ever have to turn it over to me when you get on a good rant like that i uh you know there let everybody note that anybody who says that luke loves everything this is obviously not the case i was really not expecting this although i can't argue with you really um i can't remember if we had mentioned it on the show this week but i definitely have been pretty public on on my shaming of what the playstation folks have named their their director their their version of nintendo direct i think state of play is so lame is one of the lamest things so there's there's lameness over on playstation and there's confusing bonkers whatever on xbox nintendo is just like they i cannot believe i'm saying this but they nailed it with this they they it's super clear we know what uh although if you're in the nintendo camp you're confused on like what's a mini direct what's a direct for a specific game so there's a whole bunch of other problems over there um 
So what did I think overall? I thought it was a good, a good first go at it. I really liked. I've always thought that independent indie developers and the games that they create are ultimately more interesting when you find out kind of like the story behind them. Um, I want to give an example with The Outer Wilds, a game that they instantly turned me off of when they said that you die every twenty some odd minutes. Um, but the fact it was, I was sort of my intrigue turned back on when he was like, I really am excited to share with everybody what a weird game we've made. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that sounds cool. Like, it's just, that's not a, that's not a line you drop in a trailer. That's not a bullet point on the back or on a detail list or things like that. It's just, it's that candid, um, passion from the developer that, that really came through for me on that game that I'm at least wondering what the heck is he even talking about so it elevated it, it, it occupied a space in my mind that it otherwise wouldn't have so from that front i think it was a success but i agree with you that the and name is I, brutal they're locked in on id at xbox and that's really a shame i, I want to jump in on that because for anybody that did not get a chance to see this it's about 13 minutes long and the show itself is not bad at all yeah uh, the show itself was not bad at all. I'm just so frustrated by that title yeah. and by the confusing messaging of inside Xbox being one thing and this being so polarly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Chris Charla and Sarah Condi were, were hosting, uh, as long as some guest uh, people from the ID at Xbox program, and they would every few minutes they would slide to a new game. Uh, they only had one real montage in it, but but with the Outer Wilds and one or two others, they would talk to the developers and they would talk about what's going on and how they created their game. And the Outer Wilds devs were super charming, and they yeah. talked about why people should check their game out. Uh, and it was it was nice to see them roll from one game to the next, very, very similar to Nintendo Directs, which began in, what, 2011? The Wii U days, man. Right, and and it was wonderful. And I do Maybe like that. that anybody that knows what ID and Xbox means knows that, all right, we're looking at indie games. That's a good thing, all right? We understand that it's indie games. Uh, so expectations are tempered appropriately. However, with this being the first, I think even I was like, all right, what is this? My curiosity um, outweighed the level of the event, which mm-hmm. is fine. It wasn't hype. It was just curiosity. Uh, but it, w- it was wonderfully well presented. It was just not well publicized. And messaging is such an issue. And that's my cruise control topic for us this week, Sean, is messaging into next gen. Sony introduced state of play. It very much mimics, again, Nintendo Direct. Um, we they, they go out and they, they roll wheel on, on a bunch of games and talk about different games. And uh, with that first state of play, for anybody that didn't see it, it was, it was a well-done, well-made show by Sony that spotlighted a lot of PSVR stuff. And that could have disappointed a few people or made some people ecstatic. And I want to go to messaging. State of play should have been, we're going to talk about VR for the majority of the show. Nintendo directs when they tell you it's mm-hmm. going to be a Nindy, they tell you it's going to be a Nindy. You know, you t- if it's going to be about Kirby, you go ahead and turn it off. I mean, you do what you got to do, <laughs> but you tell your fans what it's about. And ID and Xbox is diff- did a good job of letting anyone that knows what ID and Xbox is, uh, what these games are. And the games were charming. They were fun. And I really yep. liked that aspect of it but how do you message into next gen with inside xbox on one side um i need xbox game pass on the other you got your game pass program you got your games with gold program you're launching new hardware maybe you got project x cloud there needs to be some consolidated messaging in order for them to do battle with stadia with with playstation with nintendo and anybody else that decides to enter apple arcade or perhaps Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i'm gonna eat a cookie while you speak, uh, yeah. I 
Well, here, no, that's all good, man. I, I think the same thing. Like, I feel like they sort of sprinkled messaging throughout about, like, what are you watching? They sort of tease there, maybe a little bit too playful about it, the way that uh, Chris Charla, uh, and I can't remember what and you just said her name. Um, Sarah Condi. Sarah, 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 thank you. Um, the way that they sort of like, oh, what if I wanted to know this? Or what what are we really talking about here? Like, they're kind of a little too playful about it. And I think what, what Xbox really usually does really well, especially when we watch them at E3, is world exclusive. Like, world premiere, Xbox exclusive. Like, that could be something that they just translate directly over, that um, day one Game Pass. Like, they should really be spotlighting that thing. It, it is very special. You kind of even tripped up on the fact that it, like, almost calling it exclusive like it is exclusively launching into a subscription service available to xbox that's a terrible way to frame it but essentially every time that they talked about a new game within that that video they had an opportunity to say coming or launching into game pass or something like that just to make it abundantly clear so I think right. that, um, you know, we, you and I are content creators, obviously. Uh, we, we stumble out of the gates in some cases, and you, get, you find your footing, you find your, uh, the things that you miss, and you, you, you look over your notes, and you're hard on yourself, and you want to quit everything, and then you get better at it, and everything's fine. Um, I think that's probably what will happen over in the Xbox camp. I think we've seen it with Inside Xbox. It's gotten a little better. I think that I prefer this style, and I'm actually glad that they have a mix. I think it's really cool that they have indie games getting these uh, pre-recorded, pre-formatted videos that are tight. We know what to expect out of that from that front, and that the bigger, deeper dive into larger titles is saved for Xbox. So you, you're starting to see like a an inventory of messaging being developed by Xbox that shockingly Nintendo has mastered over the last number of years. So I'm hopeful for the future. Um, and I, you know what? I'm just providing, I think, super positive feedback for these guys to just refine it and make it a little bit better. But really, a really good start. And it, go, it, sh- it shouldn't go without saying, and I want to outline, I'm so glad that finally Xbox is owning the indie space in some sort of public way. And I, what I can imagine is that this will be a regular thing. Like, how have they gone so long? They've had ID at Xbox. It's a thing that nobody understands because it's a stupid name. But at least now they're they're uh, driving some attention to it, and they've just let Steam, Nintendo, and PlayStation own the indie scene for so long. It's so frustrating, and this is maybe them taking a little bit of that back. I agree, and I think you nailed several several points that are are worth mentioning yet again. Is that content creation and getting the message right takes time. The and I am ecstatic that indie games are getting this this spotlight in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but in order for them to get that spotlight, I think they need to do a better job of putting this out on their their platforms. It should have a, a spot on the dashboard. It needs to be front and center on their YouTube page when one of these comes out, because it enhances relationships with developers and it makes their their scale model pricing for Game Pass more more agreeable for a developer because if if game pass doesn't do well then it doesn't net out helpful for the indie developer to put their game on it Mm -hmm. and so at scale they end up profiting quite well and so it with the kind of impending next generation that'll start at sort of a nebulous time uh thanks to kind of more iterative and and cloud-based you know approaches uh, i think it's important that they continue to refine that messaging and i think the same could be said for any of the the major first first party players uh within that space and now that google and apple are, are taking a more 
intent role. It's all the time for the veterans to show the the breadth of their experience in handling these things. And so uh, I agree. Inside Xbox got way better over time. Mm-hmm. The last few Inside Xboxes are infinite, infinitely better than the, the first few. Um, and so I think if they can refine that messaging and it more importantly, it's delivery to fans, uh, I think we'll, we'll be on to something because it, it truly – hardly anyone knew there was an Xbox event and would you call it an event? I don't, I don't even know that you would. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. But I think, uh, you know, it's funny. I think the differentiation between the two makes each of them more special. And by nature of them being more special, it becomes something that you want to, that you look forward to even more. You're like, Oh, this is this type of thing that I'm looking forward to with uh, ID at Xbox game pass. God, that's an awful name. Or this is inside Xbox. Um, so, oh gosh. So, oh, one other thing that I want to say about this is it's like as we venture into the next generation, as as messaging becomes even more important, and as you start to talk about like the portfolio, I think this is early laying the early groundwork for the next gen. And as we start to get into maybe streaming uh, and a digital, all digital future, look, this is, this is, I think Xbox may be stealing a page out of the PlayStation 4's playbook when they launch where they're like, we don't have games for you right now, but we got a, a lot of <laughs> indie games for you. And maybe that's what, kind of what they're, what they're doing here with Game Pass is that Game Pass is going to be a huge portion of the attention that we're going to be paying for the next foreseeable future. And maybe you don't get every single big release into Game Pass, but indies can play a role for that thing that we need out of a service or out of a platform. So I thought that was, I thought that was uh, maybe part of the reason that they did this. And just, mm-hmm. like I said, maybe make, make it a little better as we, as we go along, but. I wasn't quite yeah. as dire, as down on it. My measure usually, and maybe I'll throw this question back to you. My measure is usually, uh, can I afford <laughs> the the presentation? Like that's usually how I know if if I thought it was good or not. Like E three is it great? Like how much is that conference going to cost me in terms of games that I'm buying? This is a little different because mm-hmm. I don't have to buy these games, but it certainly locks me in on Game Pass. Like I don't want to, I don't mm-hmm. want to um, lapse on my subscription. Because I want to make sure mm-hmm. I have access to these games. So from that perspective, I thought it was a success. And so I'll ask you, like, is that is that kind of where you land on that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I thought the the actual once I got through the the messaging uh, issues, the the games they showed were pretty cool looking. Yeah. I mean, Outer Wilds didn't look like it was for me, nor did After totally. Party. And those were two that oh, people After were really Party excited Poron, about. Man. Oh, man. It's made by the Oxenfree people, so I might love it. But Blazing Chrome really said something to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Good Life actually looked kind of neat for me, especially kind of I like the gardens between some of those lower stress games. Yeah. That looks cool. Killer Queen Black, I hear so much good news about. And so I thought they chose good games for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what they need to do is on the dash have a from Xbox icon where you can go watch this week on Xbox. Uh, oh, you're not Major kidding. Nelson show, yes. Uh, inside Xbox, ID at Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just having a from Xbox category to for, for those super fans that want to see it to go see it. Big time. Um, for people who are just interested and curious and and. I know we run an Xbox show, but I genuinely tend to think of myself um, maybe a bit pretentiously, but but as a multi-platform objective gamer in most ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so having that there for people to to be curious about and just look into, uh, I think is a, is an important thing to do. But um, as far as the the games they showed, yeah, they got me excited. Blazing Chrome looks looks right up my alley. Well, yeah, so and I think as as we are people who subscribe, we, we don't like we've kind of done the the math in our head. Like if I want this game. 
I should probably keep Game Pass. I think they could be a little bit more in your face about it. That, remember, these games are coming to Game Pass, and you want to get Game Pass, and this is how you get Game Pass. And you get a Game Pass with a dollar a month to introduce yourself to Game Pass for your first month of Game Pass. Like, they could be a little bit more heavy-handed about it, but I think maybe they're, this might be uh, two almost like de- departments within Xbox kind of battling for some promotion. The ID at Xbox team and the Game Pass team trying to vie for promotional real estate in front of your face. I agree that on the dashboard or maybe one of the tabs, we can remove probably two or three of the tabs because the dashboard mm-hmm. definitely needs some work. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. almost like you're almost kind of describing like the IGN app where you have like the podcast and the videos and all the different breakdowns and things like that. You could go explore. And the one thing that I would add to that, the thing I've been screaming about these these Nintendo Directs and whatever else, E3s, all the indie montages, especially during an mm-hmm. E3 conference where there's like, here's 20 games. And like, if you're lucky, you might remember two of them. I, I would love for them to have something on the dashboard that says, these are the games that you saw us talk about and here's how you buy them. You can look at their, mm-hmm. the trailer again, but like in case you missed it or in case you forgot to write it down or something, it's here's that thing we showed you and here's how you buy them. Like that's really and, how you, I think, I think from a promotional standpoint, Xbox and the other platform holders are, are relying a little bit too much on the, on the gamer to make that jump for them. You they can do mm-hmm. a little bit more handholding to like guide the, the gamer to buy or consume the thing that you're trying to get them to do to begin with. Cause that's why you featured it. Mm-hmm. And at some of the things you described, they've done before. And because it's so nebulous, that's all the more of the problem. I know is the, is the messaging because sometimes they do. They'll do a as seen at E three or whatever, but it's yeah, not consistent. But it's not. And it's and, not and clear. Stadia spoke about that. Like Google talked about that at their presentation at GDC. Like you see a game, strike while the iron is freaking hot, man. Like you're excited about mm-hmm. that game. There's a button for you to be able to do something with it. Xbox mm-hmm. has got to find a way to to kind of connect that or translate that into however that operates and manifests in its ecosystem. I think that's going to be a and major next step for them. You, the idea that strike while the iron's hot, that's something that uh, maybe it's a bit altruistic of me, but I want one of those buttons on my mixer channel where people are like, Oh, you're playing this game. Do you like it? Yeah. And they can just go buy it. Um, and I, I think know there's only partnerships. For part, what's, yeah. Sorry. It is. You know yeah. That. Yeah. It, it, it is. And, but why just them? Cause they get, they get a cut of it. Right. They get a revenue share. And again, that's kind of maybe my bit altruistic approach because I don't need this to be a career uh, for me. So like for me, it's just like, oh, no, I like this game. Go support this dev. Yeah. And that's what I want it for. But the reality is striking while the iron's hot is uh, something that we see them. It's Twitch and Mixer and YouTube uh, either incorporating or planning to incorporate appropriately. And that's it's clearly something I think the bigger entities know. And that sort of brings us to a question from Blaze Knight. He sent us a pit stop uh, question. Or no, we, we call it something clever. Uh, he <laughs> carpool, says, Carpool. St- <laughs> carpool, thank you so much. Um, I got to really put these in the right category. Stadia is the world it, Stadia is the world at large ready for the change in the gaming sphere. And he's referring to Stadia, but also to VR. He says, is VR going to be a main focus for Sony and thus the industry later on after the Sony state of play? Uh, Cuphead's coming to Switch. Is it reasonable to think that Nintendo exclusives may make it uh, to Xbox? So is the world ready for this big, changing in, big change in the game sphere? The entire world? No. 
But I think parts of the world are, and I think that as with every year that passes, there are larger and larger what would normally be a niche, but these niches become like um, targetable markets. And so I think that mm-hmm. maybe the time right now is that it's no, it's not for everybody, it's not for the world. But I think uh, a large enough portion of the world is ready for it. I think they're stoked about it, man. And I also think that game makers are ready for that as well. So that's not a that's not a whole like all-encompassing answer but i think it lends well i think the the ingredients are there for life like the the chemical compounds and the conditions exist for this to come about and i think that they've got a bit of a runway uh ahead of them but at least it's i think it's paved man it's, i think it's roughly paved anyways for a, a fairly smooth takeoff but we'll see I, I i don't really know i was listening to our good friends at uh player one podcast and they're not up on it um but some people are so i think that is actually it's funny listening to the various podcasts i think is indicative of my my general take on that is that for some people it's amazing and it's game changing and for other people they're like no man i have so many problems with this and it's mm-hmm. more than just um i don't have internet on all my devices like it's it's actually pretty deep rooted issues um, that I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. And I think ultimately it's the games that will win people over. And that's what we don't have, which is why things are a little bit muddled right now. I agree. I agree. And as far as to, to the VR, I, I agree with Sean on the first part of Blaze Night. And to the VR aspect of your question, um, I think VR is thing within the gaming sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony sold about 4 million units out of their 96 million PlayStation 4 sold, and so 4 million, certainly not a small amount, but certainly not a, a huge chunk of their, their market share. I think though that that technology will, as it becomes more uh, more comfortable for a living room, maybe it just becomes glasses or uh, something a bit bit easier to maintain. And I don't mean like that, oh my gosh, the wires. I just mean in general. Yeah. How many cameras do you need to set up? Do you need to set up cameras? How are the controllers? Is the mm-hmm. tech you know, comfortable to use. And so as those things become more accessible, VR will become its own thing. And it might even be a solution as as population density increases and people need to use less space for their gaming. Um, But, you know, I think the world is ready for change. I think the loudest people uh, are, might be monopolizing our discussions. You know, what's funny though, man, on this front, the last thing I'll say about it is that I, uh, the Stadia thing is interesting because it's not really a console. It still sort of like straddles all devices and all platforms and areas where we interact with games. That that in and of itself make, makes it interesting. But my point is that you generally don't see like the next step, the next innovation, the next big thing in consoles. I feel I think if we look back, like it's really PCs that have shown the the transformational shifts, like going from mm-hmm. physical to digital is one is probably the most pertinent example like that that happened on pc way before consoles it hasn't really like solidified maybe we're in it now just at this moment exclusives went away exclusives went away you don't get a a game you know exclusive to dell or to win to to windows uh surface laptop 2 or anything like that like you're right pc does kind of pave the way and, and if you want the latest, best graphics, you don't get an Xbox One X. You exactly. get a PC. Exactly. But as those things become iterative, I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be a multi-generational game. It's going to transition the way Grand Theft Auto V uh, attempted to and then mm-hmm. eventually did. It's it's Stadia is, is next-gen, but it's not going to be physical next-gen, and right. that is all right. That's okay. Just 
you know, vote with your wallet and um, be informed before you jump in blindly to anything. Well, like I said last week, like we ha- we need a new vocabulary for how to talk about that because to my point about PCs really leading the way, like it's only it's it's hard to uh, think about. And, and remember, but nobody was talking about 1080p 60 frames per second or even 4K um, or those types of numbers in the 360 generation. Nobody was talking about frames per second or resolution. Like, because if they were, they would have been pissed back then because the back of the box was saying everything was HD and 1080p and whatever. And of course, that wasn't the case. It was only when it became normalized in the PC market for us to go like, what is dynamic resolution and all these different, like we elevated our vocabulary because it first got normalized over on the PC land. So I just, I'm not sure where that, like what I should be gleaning from the PC market at this stage for what's next on uh, on the console market. I'd be very curious to hear what our friends in the Twitterverse have to say about that. You can tweet that at the Xbox drive, of course, Luke. Indeed, indeed, and that's where you guys can find us. Kind of together, we share that account, and then the you can find us on our various Twitter platforms uh, separately. You can find me at twitter.com/slash/mlsreserves, and I've been testing out this whole ghost games update sean where i put out a video once a week and i'm trying to decide the best time to launch kind of a two minute or less review on a game i'm playing Mm -hmm. uh and i found that monday six o'clock not where you want to put a video (laughs) not what you want to do oh no okay well no it's fine it's just a neat thing for me to learn as a content creator i suppose you would say Mm -hmm. because i have very low tech approaches to putting stuff out there and i'll pin it to my profile and whatnot but it's neat for me to learn kind of the ups and downs, the do's and don'ts of put, uh, of just putting things out there and then using, you know, different platforms to just try stuff it is uh, forgiving because, you know, it's not allies on everyone when it doesn't go well, but it also is just humbling and cool to learn. So uh, check me out over on Twitter. And then uh, if you want to continue these conversations with me while I, whilst I stream all different types of games, including maybe possibly Power Rangers, uh, <laughs> Mixer.com slash Insipid Ghost. And I'd love to hear from you guys there. Guys, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Capri. It's Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. Of course, I'm on twitch.tv slash Sean Capri on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I'm going to be playing Metro over there. And let's, Luke, let's remind people, of course, they've already put it down in their calendars. They've, they've written it yeah. in there. The one that they put up on the wall, they've circled it. They put little Xbox stickers all over it. They put maple leaves on it. Xbox mm-hmm. Canada's Mixer channel, Wednesday, April 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Luke and I are playing The Division with two open spots. So it's going to be amazing. I absolutely love that game. I love our friends at Xbox Canada. I can't believe this is happening again. Luke, I'm, I'm really proud of this episode. I am too, buddy. This I was love a good this show. one. This was good. Go us. Do, 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 do.